privacy expectations continue to increase, expanding beyond clean label into supply chains and sourcing regions. Hello, I'm Jill Hislop, and this is the Bakery at Snapchat podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ty Ullman, Global Sustainability Manager for Cargill's global edible oils business in North America. She chats to us about the complexities in the supply chain, as well as what Cargill considers the major components to transparency are, such as on-farm programming, monitoring and verification, and communication and marketing. We also delve into Cargill's sustainability cookie, which is a great example of how brands can bring all the different components of sustainability and transparency to a product level that can be shared with consumers. Could you just tell me a little bit about Cargill and what the company does? Sure. Well, thanks for for having me today. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about sustainability. For those that don't know, Cargill is a global food and agricultural company that connects farmers and ranchers to customers and consumers um, along the way. So we we focus on processing as well as other value-added services in the food and ag space. Sustainability is a key issue for the food industry, especially in the lead-up towards the UN Sustainability Development Goals deadline of 2030. With just a decade to go, is Cargill on track with its sustainability goals? Yeah, so Cargill has commitments that support several of the sustainability development goals, and we have been continuing to make significant progress as we are accelerating towards those efforts. Um, We're really committed to using our global reach within this sector to help um, do our part in achieving these commitments. What are Cargill's sustainability goals? Yeah, so we've identified a couple of goals where given our scale and where we sit in the value chain, we think we can really make a difference and influence and drive impact. And so we're focused on achieving meaningful and sustainable impact around land use, climate change, water resources, farmer prosperity, and human rights. And I can give you a couple examples of what our commitments look like under those key priorities. Under uh, our climate change section, uh, we're really focused on uh, reducing our emissions across all three scopes of our footprint. And so as we think about scope one and two emissions, which are caused um, directly and indirectly in our operations. So think of like our processing plants. We are focused on reducing those emissions by 10% by 2025. And then as we think about scope three, which is our broader value chain, both upstream and the farms that we work with, as well as downstream with how customers and consumers use our products, we're also focused on reducing those emissions by 30% per ton of product by 2030, all while using 2017 as our baseline for those reductions. Another good example to highlight is our land use commitment, which is around protecting global forests. 
we've been really focused on this because we know, as we think about sustainability, forests and farming must coexist. And so we have a, a commitment to transform our supply chains to be deforestation free by 2030 as well. Cargill also has a program to empower women at its palm plantations in Indonesia. Can you tell me more about this? Sure. So as we think about farmer prosperity and our human rights commitments as well, women empowerment is a key piece of that. And so in our palm plantations, um, we have several programs that we've developed to really help empower women and build support networks so that they can really thrive in the workplace as well. And so that can look like a lot of different things, starting with policies that are put in place to help make sure that culture is being built, to also having um, education systems and healthcare services that um, really target women and children development on the plantation so that um, we're able to provide additional services for uh, women specifically. What is yet to be accomplished? So we are making progress uh, against the priorities that I just mentioned, and we actually just released our latest progress reports that can be found on Cargill.com uh, for more details along um, all the different specific key performance indicators and metrics that we have. But we know there's still so much left to be done. And I think what's what's really important is that no single company can do it alone. And building partnerships is such a huge piece of our work uh, because so many of these commitments and issues really span multiple sectors. Um, and so as we think about building partnerships, we, we really want to expand not just our immediate uh, customers and suppliers, but also start to build partnerships across industry, academia, governments, and different NGOs that can really help us share best practices, develop initiatives, and really start to scale our efforts. Consumer expectations for greater transparency are continuing to increase, expanding beyond clean label into supply chains and sourcing regions. But it's a complex subject and multifaceted. Can you explain this in more detail? Sure, it's, it's definitely very complex and has a lot of different aspects to it. And I think we, we've seen a wide spectrum of different factors that lead to different types of transparency. As we've started to work in this space, we really think about this in, in four major components that help drive transparency. So I'll just talk through um, each of those four really quickly. The first one is around traceability, which is what I think usually comes to mind when, think, when people think about transparency. And so this really helps us understand what do our supply chains look like? And an example that, that we're doing is in our cocoa supply chains, we have started electronically tracking cocoa bags at the farm level, as well as implementing mobile money to be able to electronically pay premiums directly to farmers. And so this helps us be able to understand 
what that first step of our supply chain really looks like um, and helps us understand what this broader cocoa supply chain is. And so to date, 50% of our sustainable cocoa beans in our global direct supply chain are now traceable from farm to factory. The second component around transparency is around on-farm programming. And this is how we start to think about and understand what impact do our supply chains have. And these include programs really focused on understanding, measuring, or delivering a specific sustainability impact. Uh, and so for Cargill, this is really focused on the main goals that I mentioned earlier. And so in our wheat supply chains, we have engaged in an organization called Field to Market. And they have a field grant calculator which can measure eight key sustainability impacts on the farm level. And so this helps us better understand what is our environmental footprint um, in our wheat supply chains. The third component is around monitoring and verification. And we really think of this as how can we help us uh, protect our values across our supply chains or our commitments and policies that we have made. And so these include different programs or processes focused on just being able to ensure that when we make commitments and policies, they're being met um, across the vast reach of our global supply chains. And so an example of this is in our palm supply chain, we have partnered with um, an NGO called World Resource Institute. And they've developed a platform called Global Forest Watch, which uses satellite monitoring technology to be able to scan the earth and monitor the level of tree cover, um, as well as tree cover loss and deforestation that's happening. And so we're able to upload our footprint into this platform so that we can monitor where deforestation risks are and receive alerts if there is deforestation occurring in our supply chain. So then we can act accordingly to support our deforestation free commitment. And then the last component that is, is really important to transparency is really around communications and marketing. And I think this is pretty straightforward, but it's how can we now share or tell our story better in a way that's meaningful to our customers and consumers? Mm -hmm. um, and so as brands start to think about investing in transparency, we always encourage them to think about what they're trying to accomplish, how can they tell that story in a way that's really important to their audience, knowing that there are all these different um, factors and components behind transparency. How else do you think the food industry has responded to consumer demands? Yeah, so I think we've seen a, a spectrum of responses and they all touch on one or all of the four major components. I think, um, what we've seen over time is transparency really started with just one of those components or one tiny piece of this broad transparency umbrella. And over time, we've seen the food industry start to layer in multiple components of transparency. And so having uh, some physical traceability while also having a sustainability program on the ground and being able to understand what your environmental footprint is while also understanding um, how that is being replicated across the supply chain. And so 
over time, I think this has gotten uh, much more sophisticated. And I think that will just continue as consumer demands do as well. Can you explain what blockchain is and how this fits in? Sure. So blockchain is one tool um, out of lots of different technologies that can provide traceability um, of a product. And so we think it holds potential to help bring that information across the entire supply chain. And blockchain is essentially a ledger system that allows all the different stakeholders or parties in the supply chain to have access to the same data at the same time. And it's tamper-proof, so it's really easy to see all the different transactions starting from the very beginning all the way to the end product. And so it um, provides a, a new level of transparency through the, the technology that it brings. What are the biggest challenges still facing the industry? Yeah, so I think we we continue to be challenged to move faster. The pace of change is accelerating, and I think we've we've all seen that in the past couple of months. And so while we're focused on meeting our 2030 commitments, uh, we can't wait until the last couple of years to really demonstrate progress. And so it's really important that we continue to accelerate our efforts because 2030 isn't that far away for us. And I think an example of that is we, we talked about our climate change commitment, but today we are already seeing the impact of climate change and what that can do to our supply chains. And so that work needs to really accelerate so that we can start to adapt to those impacts that we're seeing and hopefully um, curb them in the future. Can you run through Cargill's sustainability cookie concept? Sure. So our uh, sustainable cookie concept is an example of how customers can bring all these different components of sustainability and transparency from an ingredient level to a product level. And so within the cookie, each major ingredient has different transparency and sustainability benefits. And so within the cookie, we have um, our Cargill chocolate chips, pastry and quinoa flour, palm oil, our purest pea protein, and our Truvia sweetener. And all of these ingredients uh, have different aspects of transparency and sustainability. But we think it by bringing it to a product level, it can help demonstrate more clearly how sustainability um, can resonate with consumers a little bit differently than just looking at a specific ingredient or having a claim on just one ingredient within a product. And so we've um, perfected the recipe in our test kitchen and we're just starting to share that concept now with customers. Right. So more to come on the cookie, but I think our, our initial conversations have been really positive and we're excited uh, that the cookie could make sustainability more actionable and value added to them. Do you believe the industry itself is on track to meet the 2030 sustainability development goals deadline? I think so. Uh, I always err on being more optimistic. I think you have to be if you work in sustainability because it's easy to to get bogged down in, in kind of the day-to-day -day negativity or be paralyzed by the amount of work that needs to be done. And so I'm optimistic that we can meet these commitments knowing that 
This will take a lot of hard work. It will take a lot of partnerships and it will take a lot of innovation and doing things differently than how we've done in the past. Um, and so I, I don't think it'll be easy, but I'm, I'm optimistic that we were making progress today and, and we continue to do so so that we will be able to meet these commitments.